room. Uh, separate entrance, everything on this side now. So we're going to about to open up to another group of 25. And so we're just going to keep just expanding uh, so we can continue to gather. And uh, everyone said, Amen. And uh, so it's just going to be good. So really just want to say thank you to all the volunteers that are helping, not just with that room, but who volunteer every week. Obviously with uh, red light it's and orange light has put a huge demand on people here. And uh, so if you ever felt prompted to get involved, um, just hear the Word of the Lord, get involved. Uh, because our, volun- our volunteer uh, numbers or need has increased because we've had to increase different rooms. And so if you want to get involved, that would be amazing. And plus you'll get a lanyard and you'll always get to come. So it's a good deal. It's a good deal. You just got to help serve people. It's, it's Christ-like. Plus you always know you have a place here. Uh, if you do not serve, we will reject you uh, at the door when the room is full. No, I'm joking. <laughs> but anyway, I'm trying to get all the jokes out today because the message I've got is really heavy. So I'm just trying to loosen everyone up and uh, we're going to have fun this morning. Amen. Amen. All right, let's give the worship team a big hand. Let's give our volunteers a big hand. Let's give the Lord an even bigger hand because He's amazing. And uh, we're online, Todd. We're on Facebook Live right now. Praise God. Watch what you say, Corey. And uh, going to be good. How many love a personal trainer? No one. Okay, good. So <laughs> let me rephrase that question. How many know a personal trainer has a benefit? Okay, so let's just go with that. I don't care if you like me, but just know there's a benefit of me being here today. All right? <laughs> it's going to be good. It's going to be good. And uh, I do want to give out a little disclaimer because I don't, I don't, I'm going to talk about a few things today that, that are not necessarily evil. Um, and I don't want anyone in this room, next room, watching online to think that I'm having a go at people. Uh, the pulpit is not for having a go at people. It is for encouragement. It is for honesty. It is for living the gospel. My job isn't to make everyone feel good. My job is to declare what I believe God is saying. And uh, Paul said that if I'm in this ministry to please people, um, I'm in the wrong ministry. And so I'm just giving this out. It's not going to be as dramatic as I'm making it out to be, but I'm just putting out disclaimers here so no one can get upset. Does that make sense? Um, Because I've seen a a few things for the last sort of three years. And um, I just feel like, I genuinely feel like we're at a fork in the road. And I just want to have an honest look at, does everyone know what fork in the road means? I, I wrote that, I was like, I say it all the time, but this sounds really weird. Fork in the road. Fork in the road means like there's a, there's a choice. Uh, we could go one way or the other. And I, I believe that we're at that place. I believe I'm at that place um, personally. I believe that the church is in that place and I believe our nation uh, is actually at that place. And so I'm going to try and highlight a couple of things today. Um, please, if you have any issues, please come and talk to me. Um, don't leave the church over it because um, this is good. This is good stuff. One thing um, I, I think is very valuable for the Lord is, is transparency and honesty. And um, as we read our Bible and, and as we're Christians, we, we want to be as transparent as we can. And a lot of things that I believe that God deals with in New Testament, New Testament, New Covenant is is motive. motive. Motive matters to God. Heart matters to God. Why we do what we do matters to God. And so I want to look at those things today. So it's pretty much open heart surgery and, um, and that could get dicey, but I believe you're in good hands. Also, I would like to introduce myself as Kelly's midwife. I'm Kelly's midwife. And no, I'm not, but... I got a 36-second 30, 30 rundown how to deliver a baby. 
And uh, if, the, if the midwife doesn't come, she lives in Kadrona. And so I'm pretty sure I am the midwife. The real midwife is the on-call midwife. I am Kelly's midwife. <laughs> I am the captain now, you know? Like I'm gonna, yeah. So if it comes out in the sack, I know how to open it and all that kind of stuff. And it's just gonna be great. So pray for me, pray for Kelly. <laughs> it's gonna be good. It's gonna be good. So yeah. So Paul, also if Eden needs help, I'm, I'm here. I, I am good to go, bro. We do it all here, amen? We're community, we just get involved, we do what you do and uh, pray that the midwife turns up, please. All right. So God, thank you for the opportunity we have uh, to share your word this morning. Lord, all jokes aside, we wanna know your heart, we wanna know your word and uh, help, help me communicate in a way that is encouraging that, Lord, leaves us in a place where we are full of faith and expectation. And Lord, I pray that we'll be honest with ourselves, honest with you. God, I thank you. We are not here to pull out the log in our brother's eye. God, we're here to have a, have a look at ourselves, Lord, to make a personal decision. So Lord, I thank You. This is not ammunition against people. Lord, this is about us. This is about Your Word. This is about us living righteously and holy before You. And we thank You, Lord, for Your Word speaking. Lord, because Your Word does not return void. In Jesus' Name, Amen. So if you haven't got it already, the message is called Fork in the Road. Hopefully everyone's still in the next room and uh, you haven't left yet. Uh, but I don't want you to question God's love for you. Yep, God loves you, right? This is not a question of God's love for you. This is not a question about your value. This is not God disappointed. This is not God upset. I just believe that as, as human beings, as a church, as a community, we're at a fork in the road and love speaks the truth. When love sees something harmful, love cares enough to say something. Love cares enough to tell your kid, don't stick the knife in the socket. <laughs> you know what I mean? Love, love cares, love cares enough to, to speak. So we're gonna start in 2 Samuel 11, one to two. And it says, in the spring of the year, when kings normally go out to war, someone say normally go out. This is very important in the scripture because you might miss this. In the spring of the year, when kings normally go out to war, war David sent Joab and the Israelite army to fight the Ammonites, come on. They destroyed the Ammonite army and laid siege to the city of Reh, See, you'd think I'd read these, eh? I read them in my head and I never read them out loud. Just someplace, Reb. However, David stayed behind in Jerusalem. Quick thing to notice, it's a time when kings are normally meant to go to war. David said, I'm gonna chill at home. So glad you came to church this morning. <laughs> it's a time when kings were meant to go to war. But David said, I'm staying home. I'm gonna send someone else to do it. So David stayed behind in Jerusalem and late one afternoon after his midday rest. See what happens when you stay at home? Lazy, apathy, right? David's meant to be at war, but he's chilling at home, having an afternoon nap. He's meant to be in war. It's a season of war. It's a season of battle. It is not a season of midday rest. It is a season of war. Kings are meant to go out and lead their armies. That's a king's job. A king goes forth. Jesus went before us. He's the king of kings. He goes before us. He doesn't go, he doesn't send us out and then he comes in behind us. Jesus goes, come on guys, I'm not preaching any false doctrine here. Jesus goes before us, right? He is the, he is the foremost. He is the, he is the forerunner. He is the one who goes before. So David stayed behind in Jerusalem one late afternoon after his midday nap. David got out of bed and was walking on the roof of the palace and looked over the city and he noticed a woman of unusual beauty taking a bath. 
Can you see what just happened? Because David didn't understand seasons. If you, if you, I don't need to read on. I can, hopefully everyone understands the story we're talking about. This is Bathsheba. This is when, when David committed adultery. This is when David killed a man in cold blood. This is when David, David, uh, <laughs> David, what did he do? He, he killed a man. He, he lied. He drew back in battle, had another man killed. He tried to manipulate the situation and make it, make, make it seem like the baby, she got pregnant and made it seem the baby was actually not his by getting the other guy to come and come back home and sleep with, with his wife. Yeah. All of this came out of a place of kings in this season normally go to war. David said, I'm not going to war. I'm going to chill at home. I'm going to have a midday rest. I get up, my eyes start wandering. Next minute I'm in sin. <laughs> we have to understand the season that we are in. Because spiritual apathy produces active flesh. Wow, Corey. Spiritual apathy produces active flesh. When I am not on mission, when I forget who I am, what season I'm in, what is the purpose of my life, I start taking naps spiritually. I become apathetic. Now all of a sudden the flesh, a lady having a bath on a rooftop becomes attractive to me when I should have been on mission. There's no naked woman on the battlefield having a bath. <laughs> Can I just throw that out there if I haven't lost everyone already? When you're on mission, your eyes are fixed on Jesus, not scanning the city for what will fulfill the flesh. <laughs> we have to understand what season we're in. If a season, if a farmer doesn't understand that they're in a planting season, they decide, I'm going on holiday when it's seed time. We would look at them and say, You are crazy. It's not time to take a holiday. It's time to sow your seed. <laughs> when a farmer comes to harvest season, it is not time to take your holiday. It is time to bring in the harvest that you sowed. When does a farmer go on holiday? He goes on holiday on the winter. There's nothing to do in the winter. We've sown seed. We've brought in the harvest. Winter, I can go on holiday. Does that make sense? We have to understand the season that we're in because I do not believe we're in winter. I believe we're in spring. I believe that we are in seed sowing season. I believe that we're meant to be on mission in this season. Amen. Jesus said in Luke 12, 54 to 56, Jesus then said to the crowds gathered around Him, when you see a cloud form in the West, don't you say a storm is brewing? And when it arrives, when you feel the south wind blowing, you say a heat wave is on its way. And so it happens. What hypocrites, you are such experts at forecasting the weather, but you are totally unwilling to understand the spiritual significance. Come on, somebody. Understand the spiritual significance of the time that you are living in. We have to understand the spiritual significance of the time that we are living in. And do you know what spiritual apathy does? It stops us understanding that. A rest here, a nap here, a wandering eye there stops us having our eyes fixed on Jesus and understanding the season that we're in right now. We're in a season of significance. Every generation, every person in this room needs to understand that the, 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 the last generation and the next generation are not the significant generations. The one that you are living in. 
The one that you are living in. It is significant. This church in 2022 is significant. There is a spiritual significance of us being here today. And the coming generations will look back on our time and say, did that generation step into the spiritual significance that they had or will they reap the, will they reap the, reap the consequences of us like David choosing not to go to war at this time, but to take a rest instead? <laughs> this makes sense to anyone this morning. Ephesians 4, 17 and 24, I'm just gonna share my heart so we could just go anywhere tonight. Today, whatever we are, it's so dark in here, it feels like night time. <laughs> so with the wisdom given to me from the Lord, I say you should not live like the unbelievers around you who walk in their empty delusions. Their corrupt logic has been clouded because their hearts are so far from God. Their blinded understanding and deep-seated moral darkness keeps them from the true knowledge of God. Listen to me, because of spiritual apathy. What's the root cause here? Spiritual apathy is the root cause. Because of spiritual, spiritual apathy, they surrendered their lives to lewdness, impurity, and sexual obsession. Do you hear me say it before? Spiritual apathy leads to active flesh. A lot of us could just diagnose ourselves right now that if we are struggling in our flesh, it is not because of the devil, it is because of your spiritual apathy. Spiritual apathy breeds makes whole to active flesh. Look at the life of David. Spiritual was meant to go to war. You're going to war, you're on mission. Come on. You don't have time to be having a rest. You don't have time to be napping and you don't have time to be wandering your eyes. Your eyes are fixed on Jesus. But spiritual apathy says, no, I'm gonna stay home. Spiritual apathy says, no, I'm gonna have a rest. Spiritual apathy says, hey, when COVID finishes, spiritual apathy says, no, we can't do anything at 25. Spiritual apathy says, no, when things get back to normal, God will move. <laughs> spiritual apathy says, when there's a government change, then things will be better. Come on, don't get upset with me. Just if the shoe fits, kick it off. All right. <laughs> Come on, spiritual apathy says that nothing's, nothing's gonna happen. It's, it's, it's Zephaniah. It says that God's not gonna do good or bad. It's just not, God's not doing anything. So we might as well just hunker down. We might as well just stay home. We might as well just have a rest. We might as well just let the flesh give us some kind of feeling and some kind of experience. And let's just stay spiritually apathetic. Everybody said no. <laughs> because of spiritual apathy, they surrender their lives to lewdness, impurity and sexual obsession. But this is not the way of life that Christ has unfolded within you. Come on guys, this is not the way. We're not meant to be in spiritual apathy. If you've really experienced the anointed one and heard his truth, it'll be seen in your life. For we know the ultimate reality is embodied in Jesus and he taught you to let go of the lifestyle of the ancient man. The old self lie, which is corrupted by sinful and deceitful desires that spring from delusions. Now is the time to be made new by every revelation that is given to you and to be transformed. How many know the gospel is a transformational gospel? Spiritual apathy does not get you transformation. Physical apathy does not get you physical transformation. Come on, any kind of apathy does not get you any kind of transformation. If I get a gym membership and I turn up to the gym and I don't do any work, nothing's changing. But I go to the gym. I go every week. I go every day. But do you work out? No. <laughs> Come on, 
Yeah, but I go to church. I go every week. I go every week. Why is it not changing? Well, it's probably the pastor's fault. I mean, if he would preach better, you know, it would be good, man. If we get more people here, that would, that would help. So they'd have more courses, just more programs. Like, like, what are they even doing? I want to stay home, listen to T.D. Jakes. <laughs> the spiritual apathy. Spiritual apathy wants to blame all our externals and take no responsibility for who we are in our relationship with God. That's what that wants to do. I'll send Job. He can go fight the battles. I'm going to stay home, have a rest. You guys still love me? Good. Personal trainer, right? Here we go. Love me or hate me. Either way, we're getting there. Uh, where did I get to? Cruffles delusion. Now it's time to be made by new. Every new revelation has been given you. You've been transformed as you embrace the glorious revelation that has been given to you and be transformed as you embrace the glorious Christ within you as your new life and live in union with Him. For God has recreated you all over again in His perfect righteousness. Someone say, I'm righteous because of the blood of Jesus. Come on, it's His righteousness. And now you belong to Him. Come on, you wanna belong to anyone, belong to Jesus in the realm of true holiness. That's Ephesians 4, 17 to 24. So spiritual apathy leads to active flesh. Can I just give you the definition of apathy? Leans lack of interest, lack of enthusiasm or concern. I just don't really care. I just spiritually just don't care. Spiritually, I just don't really hear from God. Spiritually, I just don't really want to read my Word. I don't really want to pray. I just, I really don't have much concern for my spiritual life. Just don't really have concern for the church, community. I just, just, I just don't really care. It's, it's, it comes from the Greek word apathies, right? I said that so Greek as well, which means without feeling. It's numbness. Spiritual apathy is spiritual numbness. It's I just don't feel anything. I'm just not concerned. It doesn't move me. The state of my nation doesn't affect me. Um, my own personal relationship with God, I'm just really not concerned about it. I don't, I don't really, you know, I don't feel on fire. I don't feel cold. I just, I'm just not really interested I'm just not really concerned about it. To be honest, friend, I'm concerned about my spirituality. And I think every Christian should be. We, we should be concerned about our relationship with God. We should be concerned with our level of hunger. We should be concerned about how we feel about walking past lost people. And there was a time when that used to affect me. Now I'm just like, well, good riddance. Spiritual apathy. But it's good because I've got my home group and I've, and I've got my friends that we do life with and we hang out, we eat food and we play games and it's good. But I don't really have any concern. Everyone's gone quiet on me. Because what happens when you're spiritually numb? If I can't feel anything spiritually, guess how I need to feel something? The flesh. Spiritual apathy, spiritual numbness, produces an act of flesh. If I can't get, we're human beings. We are made to experience things. We are made to interact. We have five senses. We taste, I, shoot, I don't even know them all. We, <laughs> you guys are right in the overflow room? You know, you've got five senses in there. We, we're made to actually experience and we, 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 we live with a God who is real. Now I'm, I'm so done with a Christianity that has no experience. I'm so done with people who say, hey, it's just about the Word, brother. I get the Word, but the word, per, per, the word points me to a God who's real. 
The Word is alive and living. Now, when you come into contact with something that is alive and living, it says that it cuts you, it changes you. That's an experience. There is something that is changing and happening in your spirit. But if you're not encountering the Lord on a spiritual level, guess what begins to rise? The flesh, because I have to experience something. Now pornography is, a, is, is an option. Now gambling is an option. Now getting drunk is an option because I have to feel something because I'm spiritually apathetic. I'm numb. I haven't encountered the Lord, so I have to experience something. And here's my options in the flesh. This is what happens to David. David, get on mission. It is a season for you, a king, to go to war. You want to stay home. <laughs> By the way, this is not about people coming out to church, in case you know I was wondering. This is not a message to get people to come to church. This is about spiritual apathy. And then we've got a, we've got a choice to make. Is anyone with me this morning? So here's my concern. Just let me give, just look at me like a madman. At the, at the signpost of two roads and just give me a little bit of grace just to make myself look like an idiot this morning. Just give me a little bit of grace to just yell at you, scream at you because I love you and I love this nation and I wanna see sons and daughters awaken Jesus. So just see me like that and if you don't have to like me, just listen to me for three seconds or 30 minutes. Here's my concern, right? We're coming up three years. We're coming up three years of COVID. I don't know, I didn't even want to mention the word today, but I'm going to mention it. We're coming up three, three years, right, of COVID, lockdowns, light colours, social distancing, end of the world, online church, online school, isolating in home. My concern with all this stuff is that it's reinforcing, reinforcing spiritual apathy. It's reinforcing spiritual apathy. When we first went into lockdown as a nation in 2019 or whatever, I, I got a word from, from God that this, this was either gonna, was gonna make people hot or cold. Unfortunately, I've seen a lot of people go cold. And to be fair, when I heard that word two and a half years ago, I didn't think it would last this long. But we're still in this season right now. And I don't know when the end of that is gonna be. But there's a few things that are happening in this season that I actually believe is contributing and actually reinforcing spiritual apathy. And so if you can give me another 30 minutes, I'd love to explain what those are. <laughs> Many of us have allowed the unknown and the drama and the inconveniences that this has brought for us to take a back seat spiritually. A lot of us have believed in a thought and a lie that when things get back to normal, then we'll get going again. And, I, and, and I'm, not, I'm not saying you're wrong. Well, you are wrong. But what I'm saying is I've had those thoughts too. Well, what's the point in starting something if it's just gonna get shut down again? Like what's the point in like starting a business now? Because like we don't know what's gonna happen. Well, what's the point of like reaching out to our community? Because like we don't know what's gonna happen. We don't even know if there's gonna be room for them to come here. Like what, what's the point in starting things? What's the point in going to war? What's the point of knowing my season and getting about it if, if, if it's just, it's unknown, we don't know what's gonna happen. Wouldn't it be better? Like, wouldn't it be wisdom, Corey, to just sit back and wait this out? 
Wouldn't it, wouldn't, it, wouldn't it be better just to see how things pan out and then we can like go for it, get a bit more clarity, right? That, that's, that's, what, that's what all of the things that are happening in the world the last two and a half years, I believe, and I could just be preaching myself, is starting to bring us into a place of spiritual apathy. That we have all these God-given desires in us to go, to move, and then we let the world tell us it's not the right time. No, it's a winter season, chill out. But I don't believe God's saying, I believe God's saying it's, it's time to sow. It's time to sow, church. It's time to, it's time to go forward. It's time to be in faith. It's not a time to sit back. It's, it's been two and a half years. I don't want to spend another year coasting and using spiritual language to justify why I'm being lazy. And unfortunately, the spiritual apathy is leading to a manifestation of the flesh. I guarantee people in this room, you know, at least one or two people who are struggling in the area of their flesh right now because spiritual apathy, staying at home, binge watching Netflix. (laughs) I don't want to go to work. I want to work from home. Well, unfortunately, as great as that sounds, as freedom and lifestyle actually can reinforce apathy. I've got a home gym. I can go to the gym whenever I want. I haven't been to the gym for two months. I only started again. Do you know if I had a gym membership that I was paying for and I had to leave the house and go do it? I guarantee I would have went to the gym more than what I do when it's sitting at home. Because some of these things that are good things, that are freedom, are actually reinforcing apathy. Well, I don't need to come out of church. I can watch church online. It's easier. Do you know how hard it is to come to church right now? I've got a bling and register. And then if I register, I may miss out. I may end up in an overflow room. I have to watch a TV screen. That's, that's, that's not what God wants. And then, and then our, our thoughts become, well, I just stay at home. And we think that's the Lord. But no, it's just catering to our apathy. I don't want to go out. Then I've got to talk to people and there's people that I don't really get along with. And -and so-and-so keeps giving me a prophetic word. I'm like, I'm sick of hearing it. Corey's going to yell at us. Why don't we just listen to someone who's not going to yell at us? Like, let's just do that. And so again, please hear my heart. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with those things. There's people watching online right now for different reasons. I'm not talking about a method. I'm talking about we're allowing things to reinforce our apathy. We're reinforcing things. Community is hard. It's inconvenient. Serving on a team, you got to be here. You can't just wake up in the morning and say, yeah, I'm not going today. Well, you could, and you get a phone call from me because it's called accountability. But it'll be easier just to say, well, I don't want to serve. I just believe I'm in the season of resting. Okay, well, you've been in that season for about 10 years now. So <laughs> that's a really long nap. Come on, let's, wake, let's get up. Let's wake up. Does this make any sense to you this morning? I'm, try, I'm trying to talk to a heart and a spirit. I'm not, I'm not pulling out things and I'm not, this is not against anyone. Please hear my heart in this. But we've allowed these things to, to, to bring spiritual numbness, spiritual apathy. And because we spirit, feel spiritual apathetic, we go after other things. Now, if you've seen my Instagram, you know I love a sunset. All right, but life is more than sipping wine and watching sunsets. 
It's more than that. It's more than that. We're meant to enjoy the Lord. We, we enjoy creation. But friend, let me tell you, the road of faith is not convenient. Do you know how much I would love to just be on the beach right now and preach to you from there? I can just put it on screen, but, but, but that would, to be honest, would reinforce my apathy. I go to a leadership school. I don't even get fully dressed. I, I wear pajama pants, but I just dress my top half. I'm like, they're not going to see. And you know, when I get bored of it, I turn the camera off and I walk around, I make toast and all that kind of stuff. No, that's boring. But it, it's, re, it's reinforcing my apathy. It's like, I could just walk out right now. No one would know. But if I do that in church, everyone's going to see me do that. It's annoying. It's inconvenient. I want about to leave when I want to leave and I want about to mute you when I can mute you. And if you want to, you know, call all the class out to share something, oh, sorry, my microphone's not working. Very convenient. But it leads to spiritual apathy. It literally leads to this like lazy, apathetic, numb. I don't know. I don't know if this is making any sense, but when we can't feel anything spiritually, we've got to feel something in the flesh. It's a new jet ski. Come on, it's a new game. It's something. Something to give me some kind of feeling because I just feel numb spiritually. We've got to come alive in the spirit, church. And I believe that that's the fork in the road. We can choose apathy and complacency or we can choose the road of faith. We've got a choice. Every person has a choice. In 2022, every single one of us has a choice to make. I cannot make it for you. Your friend cannot make it for you. You have to make a choice. Can I be honest? You don't have to make a choice to live in apathy. It just automatically happens. It's a nap here. It's a nap there. It's I haven't read my Bible for a month. It's just that kind of, that, that's, that's apathy. It will, just, it will just automatically happen for you. There is a decision to be spiritually alive. The decision, I'm going to go after the Lord. That's the fork in the road. That's where I believe I'm standing today. I'm standing here pleading with you, asking, would you choose the narrow way? Would you choose to be spiritually alive? Would you choose to be personally in love with Jesus? Will you choose to let, let God and Christianity inconvenience you? Would you allow that much? Would you allow Him to get you out of your bed? Would you recognise the season you're in and begin to sow for the next generation? Come on. I'm just going to be honest with you this morning. The, the Hebrews 6 road, the, the faith road is not easy. It is not convenient. It's full of these beautiful things like yielding, surrendering. This word could work. Well, we don't need to work, Corey. Jesus paid it all. 100% He paid it all. But the Bible says, work out your own salvation. Community's work. Serving is work. Going to work. Reading your Bible is work. Praying we don't feel like it is work. These are all good works. We have been created for good works. Suffering. Suffering is part of the walk of faith. Come on. I believe faith only gets started when it becomes inconvenient. Well, I'm suffering. Why? Because people don't like me anymore. People don't agree with my opinion. I stood up for the Lord and now people think I'm a crazy person. I made a decision to stand by the Bible. Now people don't want to hang out with me. They don't, they don't like me. They don't want to hear me. I lost a promotion because of it. I could have done something dishonest and got a promotion. My boss asked me to. I said, no, I don't believe that I should do that. Suffering. 
come on, that's not all that suffering is, but this is just normal life, right? This road is filled with the secret life. It's filled with stuff that no one else ever sees. Good and bad, by the way. Seeking the Lord when no one sees and, and honouring people when no one sees. You know, it's, like, it's like going home today and not having a whinge about my preaching in front of the kids. <laughs> it matters how we talk. It matters how we honour people. It matters what we say and do. This life is about a secret life. It's about making the right decisions even when no one else is looking. It's those moments where you could get away with it because no one would know, but you choose not to do it. You choose to do it unto God. This is a, this is a road I'm talking about. Apathy says, no, I don't want to do it. No one's looking, no one cares. I didn't post my Bible reading today, so no one's going to know I read my Bible today. Well, the Lord knows. We, we, we live for His audience. This is about uncomfortable places. That's why we're given a comforter, guys, because we're going to be uncomfortable. This message might be uncomfortable for some. Worship might be uncomfortable for others. Gathering might be uncomfortable for some, but we have a comforter. He has a name. His name is Holy Spirit. He is the great comforter. It's the opposite of self-indulgence. Can I just say that church is not for the flesh? And if it is, you may find this really boring. You may find worship boring. Didn't sing my favorite songs today. The word's boring. Everything's boring about church. Well, it should be to your flesh. I pray that church never caters to your flesh. Church was never a fleshly idea, nor was it to entertain flesh. It's to build the spirit of a person. But if we're trying to find an experience in the flesh this morning, you're not here for, a, you're not going not to enjoy today. But if you want to get out of spiritual apathy and be spiritual alive, you came on the right day. Amen. Next room over. I know you guys are really enjoying this. Kelly's laughing. I don't know why Kelly's laughing. <laughs> it's also filled with the glory of God. The road, the narrow road, the road of faith is also filled with the glory of God. It's spiritually alive. It's, a, it's, it's well done, good and faithful. Come on, it's fruitful. It's eternal fruit. It's not just moments that pass and go. It's eternal fruit. That's what a live spiritual life will do for you. It's, a, it's spiritually alive. The road of faith is fruit that outlasts you and, and goes on to next generations. It's fruit that goes before you when you get to heaven. That kind of fruit. That's inconvenient. That's the kids' church workers right now preaching the gospel to kids. And they probably doesn't even look like they're listening right now, but they're sowing seeds, sowing the gospel, sowing spiritual fruit that they will reap a harvest for. Is it inconvenient to be over there for two hours? Yes. Is it inconvenient to talk to study those kids? Yes. Do you want to give up because you feel like no one else is listening? Yes. Same goes for youth ministry. 12 years. And now I'm at the end now where I get messages from people. Do you remember when you said this over me? I'm like, I didn't even think you listened. Just letting you know I'm a pastor now. In Colombia, in, uh, in, no, not Colombia. Where is it? Cambodia. Just want to say, keep preaching, keep doing what you're doing. Really changed me. Oh, thanks, bro. That's 10 years later. I appreciate that. Would have been nice to hear on the day, so I had a bit of faith to keep going. <laughs> Again, inconvenient. Super inconvenient going out every Friday night. 
Wednesday night, Friday night, twice on a Sunday, super inconvenient. Get a life, Corey. Come on, what is this doing to your kids? Well, hopefully my kids have had seeds of the gospel poured into them at least three times a week. And then my son Cruz will send me a message the next few years. Thank you, thank you, Dad. I remember you preached that message. I was like, Cruz, I didn't think you were in the auditorium. Yeah, I was here. Just taking notes, I was listening. That's a prophecy for you, son. Again, this is all inconvenient. This is inconvenience. It's annoying. It's commitment. It's self-sacrificial. It's putting others before yourself. It's actually the Christian way of life. And I, I'm praying for the death of, of convenient Christianity. It's killing us. And it's killing us by spiritual apathy. It's making us weak. Like we are not doing anyone any favours by taking away every single inconvenience. Like we're not doing that. We're not doing it. Like think of this on a practical parent level. If I take away every inconvenience from my kids, I am not helping them at all. So my son Cruz has just started going to the gym with me. I want to take away the inconvenience of him trying to bench 100 kg. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to start him at 100 straight away. I don't want him to have the inconvenience of going through months and months and months of building up strength to get to that point. Because I went through that and it sucked and it took too long. So what I want to do, this is what spiritual apathy would say. And, and we even coded this in Christian language. I'll just take Cruz straight to a hundy. Exactly, Leo. He's going to die. Well, he's not going to die. I'm going I'm to spot him. All right. Jesus is a spotter. Jesus will take the heavy burden off you. What I'm saying, we're taking away the inconvenience that actually produces and builds things in people. Like just showing up like early in the morning and just getting into it and just serving and no one says thank you is good for you. It was good for me. Man, I, I, we, my wife and I, we didn't just rock up from Auckland. We, 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 we volunteered as youth leaders, worship leader and kids church. And set up team. We wouldn't even have our own building. We would turn up. We would, we would put away all the chairs. We'd set up the thing. We did that every morning at like 6.30 in the morning. And then at night, we'd pack that all down and set the room up again. We did that for at least 12 years. Plus, I had young kids, just married, and I was an apprentice builder. Now, when I look at that, I'm like, I never want anyone else to go through that. But if I take away every inconvenience, I wouldn't be who I am today without going through those things. Now, I'm not saying that I'm anything, but what I'm saying is if we spiritually take every inconvenience, every hurdle, everything that you just have to grind out by yourself at home, wrestle with, if we take the wrestle away from people, we do them no favours. We, we produce spiritually apathetic. Like if we do all the praying for you and we do all the Bible reading for you and we do all the preaching for you, you will be weak. Sunday is not us living your Christian life for you. Sunday is a community of people encouraging everyone else, seek the Lord. When you go home, seek the Lord. Come on, read your Bible. Get into prayer. Choose the narrow road of faith and stay away from the wide highway of apathy. Sunday is like PT session and the rest of the week is yours. And then you turn up next week, did you do the work? No, I didn't. Okay, so whose fault is that? Not mine. <laughs> Does this make sense? I'm not saying to people aren't doing the work. I'm saying 
Every single one of us have a responsibility. We can choose which way we're going to go. All right? <sighs> the path of that V is full of passivity and regret. Passivity is, is killing us. And this environment that we're living in, passivity is, is breeding like rabbits. <laughs> it's just everywhere. Because I, I just don't know where we're going, what, what's happening. I don't understand what's happening in the world. Some of us are really struggling to see how Christianity even fits right now. How a way of church fits, I don't know what's going on. Regardless of all of that, friend, you have a decision to make. Will I be spiritually passive or will I go after the Lord? Passivity leads to regret. I should have taken that moment. I should have grabbed that season while it was there. Again, I'm not telling you you've missed it. I'm telling you to wake up and see what season you're in. It's self-indulgence. It's living for yourself. It's temporary fruit. It's fruits of the flesh. It's full of remorse. It's the easy way. It's full of convenience. It's life with nothing to overcome or go through. It's life as you as the king. It's all about you, number one. It's Christianity on your terms. You know, I'm the first one to put my hand up and say it's me and Jesus. I'm all about personal relationship, but I have come to understand the beauty and the need for community. Sometimes when we say it's me and Jesus, what you're really saying is I don't want the inconvenience of community. Like if me and Jesus just rock at home right now, I can just have a little 10 minute worship time, read my Bible, boom, let's go out in the lake. Like even, should I go there? Like even, even, even this idea of home church. Community, home church is healthy when it's part of a body. Because some of us believe God's speaking, but really it's just our apathy. What some, what some of us are saying is, I want a group of everyone I know, because I don't want anyone there that I don't get along with. And I just want to turn up and we don't have to run kids church or do anything like that. We just get to turn up, eat food, have fun, share a Bible verse. This is, this is healthy. Hear my heart. This is healthy. This is healthy part of community, but it has a tendency to lead to apathy because a church's job is not just to gather and eat food. A church is missional. A church goes out and reaches the lost. A church gets involved in their community. Home group is good fellowship, but it is not a church. Again, I'm not telling anyone off. Again, don't look at anyone else. It is healthy, but again, this is catering to my apathy. I get to meet with people I like. I get to be in a small group because I don't like big crowds. It's good for you to feel uncomfortable. There's negatives to big gatherings like this as well without small groups, by the way. We come here. I wish I wouldn't sing so long. That gets back to the pastor. Okay, guys, we're going to do three songs now. Four's too many. <laughs> Just be uncomfortable. Just get in it. Do some tough stuff. Die to yourself. Lift your hands. Worship God, serve even when you don't want to. It's a song I hate. Okay, we'll sing it with all your heart. It's good for us. 
I don't know if this is making any sense. I don't know if you're catching my heart. I feel like I'm repeating myself over and over again. But Sometimes the real heart behind it is just convenience. It's just apathy. Like it's just like, man, we don't want to gather and it's awkward and we've got to register and just there's multiple rooms and it's just getting harder and harder to meet. Well, we should just stop meeting and just go online. Well, yes, that, that's a possibility. And for some people, that's what they need. There's other reasons. But I'm about motive. I don't like to have an idea that looks like God. I like to say, God, check my motive right now. Is my heart that, no, you know what? It would just be easier just to do online because I could just stay home. We could just preach and then like it's over. We just carry on with our day. And we don't have to worry about sign-ins. We don't have to worry about masks and all. It's just so inconvenient right now. To be honest, if we stopped meeting, it would be because personally, I think it would, it would be Pastor Peter's call, but I know he's not going to change. If we stopped meeting, it would be my call and it would be because I just didn't want to come out. <laughs> and guess what? I could give you all the kind of spiritual language of what I think believe God's doing. Well, I just believe that God wants us to meet in homes. And I'm not saying that God doesn't want us to meet in homes. I'm just saying I'm checking my motive. And my motive is, well, we don't have to worry about the team. We don't have to worry about worship. We can just put some YouTube on. In all honesty, it would just reinforce my apathy. It's good for me to get out of the house and come to church today. For someone else like me, you could just say amen to that. How long have I gone for? Have I gone too long? Is everyone still here? Just by the way, next room over, everyone here is smiling. They're happy. They are so full of faith. They're like, you can't hear them, but they are shouting me down. They're saying more, more, more. Keep going. Let's get it. All right. So anyway, fork in the road. We're at it. We're at the fork in the road. Every one of us are going to have to make a choice which road we want to take. Every single one of us. Do I choose complacency or apathy or do I walk down the road of faith following Jesus with my eyes fixed on Him, not wandering, looking for some other kind of experience? I got my eyes fixed on Jesus. Amen. All right, I think I should just finish because... Okay, so can I just give a couple of points of what maybe this would look like? What a spiritually alive life would look like. Not a life of spiritual apathy, but just straight away. It just, straight away, it, make, it means making a decision. Like I said, if you don't make a decision, spiritual apathy is the road you're heading down. You make an intentional decision. I'm not going down that road. I'm going this one. That's the first step. The first step is to go before the Lord and say, Lord, am I spiritually apathetic? Because I feel it. I feel spiritually numb. I don't want to be spiritually apathetic. There's a rise in my flesh. I do not want this in my life. I know it leads to disaster. I know it's not good. I know it doesn't bring you honour. I want to choose this road, the road of faith. It looks inconvenient. It looks uncomfortable. It looks like service. It looks like sacrificial. It looks like living for you and others and not myself, not just myself. doesn't mean I can't enjoy my life, but it's going to be inconvenient and, and there's going to be stuff that comes up that I'm going to have to make a choice to choose you over it. That's the road of spiritual, of faith. That's the road that is spiritually alive. So that's first and foremost, you make a decision. Again, your decision to make, not mine. But again, I am the mad PT trainer yelling at you, choose this one, please. For your sake, for your family's sake, for the city's sake, for this church's sake, for the nations of the world's sake, choose Him. Because there's going to be a generation that looks back and says, that is a generation that chose to do the hard yards now that chose 
to be inconvenienced, to pave a way forward for the coming generations. That's our privilege and our honour. Two, it looks like a real living relationship with God. You heard me, a real and living relationship with God. It's a first love. It's an actual relationship with Jesus, guys. It's not a church attendance. It's a relationship with God. It's choosing to have a relationship with Him. And if you don't feel like you have a good relationship with Him, being honest before the Lord and saying, God, I want one. I want one. Again, this relationship with God is exclusive. It is not a cross-eyed faith. Apologies to you if you're cross-eyed. It is not one eye on Jesus and one eye on the world. It is eyes fixed on Jesus. Jesus is not interested in a one night stand, nor is He uh, wanting a one week visit from you. God does not want to date you. He wants a marriage. He wants to be in covenant with you. He doesn't want to share you. You are exclusively married to Him. That's what this road looks like. I choose, what, what does that mean, Corey? It means I choose His ways. I, I choose Him. I don't, I don't take Him at His word on some things and then choose to take the world's advice on another. I don't live a cross-eyed life. I live my eyes fixed on Jesus. He is, I'm, he's the one I'm married to. What He says is what I'm worried about. What he, what he says is good is good. What He says is wrong is wrong. What He says, which way He says to go is the way that I am going. What He says is good for me is good for me. Even though the world is screaming at me saying, that's not good for you. Well, I'm not married to you world. I'm married to Jesus. He's, he's my husband. He's the one who tells me what's right and what's wrong. He's the one that leads my home. He's the head of me. So wherever the head says we're going, we're going. And it might look super inconvenient. But if he says go, I'm going. That's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about a real relationship. I'm not talking about a religion. I'm not talking about an idea. I'm talking about a real relationship with God. I'm talking about returning to your Creator, death to self, born again experience, alive to Him. Amen. It means living a life that is a living sacrifice. Bible, Paul says that we should present ourselves as a living sacrifice, which is our reasonable. Someone to say it's reasonable to live as a living sacrifice. Because apathy would say it's unreasonable. It's unreasonable for me to give up my life. Well, you can't have Christianity on your terms. It is reasonable to live as a living sacrifice for the Lord. Amen, Corey. Great preaching. <sighs> Kelly's nervously laughing again. It's freaking me out that everyone's silent and my wife's nervously laughing because we're going to have a debrief in the car. And I'm, not sure, and I'm not sure how this is going to go. <laughs> We're a living sacrifice. It's no longer I who live. Come on, we love saying this. It's no longer I who live, but who lives in me? Your life has been purchased with a great price. Who purchased your life? Which means that your life is no longer your own. It belongs to another. Come on. Mm. I'm now alive for God to love Him. And love people as well. I know I care about what He cares about. I hate sin because He hates sin. I want to live holy because He's holy. I want to love because He loves. I want to forgive because He forgave. Guys, this is really inconvenient. 
really inconvenient. Apathy would say, no, I'm not forgiving. No, I'm not loving. No, I'm not serving. No, I'm not living in a sacrificial way. It's easier just to live for me. God still loves me. Yes, 100% He does. But that's not the way we've been called to live. Amen? Okay, it looks like living according to His Word, even when it costs me. Even when it's uncomfortable. Even when it's countercultural. I don't elevate my opinion over His Word. I take Him at His Word, even when I don't get it. That's what the hard road looks like. Now, if anyone in this room has actually read your Bible, you would understand there are some things in there that are super offensive to the flesh and make no sense, but God says, this is the way. I feel like I just quoted the Mandalorian right there, but that was not on purpose. <laughs> Even if we don't understand, hey, what does the Word of God say? It says this, okay, well, humility and honour to the Lord says, here's my opinion, here's my justification, here it is at your feet. I choose to live as you call me to live. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. That is not easy. And the flesh will hate that. But your spirit will say, thank you very much. I feel alive and well. Amen. It actually looks like caring about the lost. It actually looks like praying and reaching out, interceding. It's a heart that understands for God so loved the world that He gave His only Son. I had another part of this Ephesian Scripture, but I took it out for time's sake. But the produce of the flesh is jealousy and anger and hate. And unfortunately, spiritual apathy has led a lot of us to be that way, especially when it comes to people who we don't agree with. Those are not fruits of the Spirit. Let me say again, they are not fruits of the Spirit. If you're flaring up in the flesh where you are hating people, you are over people, you are frustrated with people, I would like to diagnose you. Don't worry about Googling it. I can diagnose you right now. Spiritual apathy. Your flesh is manifesting. You need to get out of the flesh, get back in the Lord and the Spirit, and then you'll have a love for those people. You have a heart to reach people who don't agree with you. Amen? Well, that sounds hard. It is. <laughs> It'd just be way easier just to justify it and then get a group of people who could just reaffirm you and say, you know what? Yeah, I hate them too. How dare they? You got friends like that? Get new friends. Honestly, I want friends around me who are going to challenge me. Who are like, you know what, Corey? That's not the Lord. That's not the Lord, Corey, to hate that person. That's not the Lord, that's not the Lord to wish harm on them. The Lord's heart is that you would pray and intercede for them because God takes no pleasure in the punishment of the wicked. We read that in the Old Testament, guys, just in case you're wondering. It's in the Old Testament. God says, I take no pleasure in the punishment of the wicked. So if I'm getting on my high horse and saying, doom, and doom to you, I want people around me who say, Corey, that is not the heart of God. And I will say, thank you for being my friend. Or we could sit around and have a whinge about it for 30 minutes. Get wound up, feel bad, go home, apologize, get before the Lord. Do it all over again. Because I felt something in that moment. 
Yeah? Felt alive. Felt like I had a cause to fight for. You already had a cause. His name's Jesus. <laughs> wow, sorry. <laughs> we already have a cause, guys. His name is Jesus. And we've been told to advance the gospel. So that's my mission. No one's saying amen to that one. Drop your other causes. I know that's hard to hear. Go after the cause of Christ. Because regardless of different statuses, guys, heaven and hell are real. And there's not an unvaccinated heaven and a vaccinated heaven. And God's going to ask you when you get there, did you love people? Did you love me? Did you preach the gospel? And I, for one, do not want to be up there saying, no, but I fought for this, this, and this, and this. And God says, that didn't matter. Because spiritual apathy has actually given us rise to, I can, fight a, I can find a natural cause to fight for. And it makes me feel alive. And it makes me feel like I have purpose. And it makes me feel like I'm, I'm doing something. Because there is, there is a God-given desire in us to bring change. But as Christians, we are meant to bring the kingdom of God to this earth. We are not fighting kingdom against kingdom on the flesh. We are not against each other. Jesus broke down the dividing wall. We are going after the souls of men and women. We are going after eternity, not a season that we're in. We want to have a big picture in mind when we live our life. Amen. I don't know who that was for. Maybe it was just for me. So it looks like you're actually caring about the lost. It actually means being connected to community, doing life with others in the body of Christ and putting them above yourself. The Bible says to not seek your own, not just your own uh, interests, but the interest of the others. Amen. So this is a beautiful thing about com- community. Yes, it's inconvenient, but we get to put each other before ourselves. We get to use our spiritual giftings. We get to use everything that God's put in our hand to actually encourage, uplift, speak life, speak love, speak truth, empower, equip the saints for the work of their ministry. No amens. Hopefully this is equipping you. Even though it hurts, maybe you go home and think, man, you know what? I'm choosing to walk the road of faith. I'm choosing to sow in this season. I'm not choosing to take another rest. I'm choosing to fix my eyes on Jesus. I'm going after this thing. I want to see God move in my day. I want to see God move in my city. I want to see God move in my family. I've got to be on my knees. I've got to be seeking the Lord. I'm not talking about striving. I'm just talking about being spiritually alive and saying, you know what? The road of faith, it's not an easy road. It's narrow. But by the grace of God, by the Holy Spirit, I'm going to continue to walk it. Amen. It's been connected to community. It's encouraging and building up the saints. Church, please, it is not a place for tearing down the saints. This is not a place for tearing down people. It's for the building up of the saints, not the tearing down of the saints. It looks like being in faith for our families and our city and our nation. And there's so much more, but I believe that's a good start. Amen. Thank you, team. Can you come up? I've had my rant. Hopefully, 